Kindred Bravely is devoted to making life easier for pregnant and nursing moms. From breast pads and non-skid stocks to nursing bras and pajamas, Deanne, the founder, created every piece with comfort, beauty, and function in mind. And her designs have been recognized by Parent Tested, Parent Approved, the Cribsy Awards, and the Mom's Choice Awards. I recently got the chance to try some pieces and I legit could not be more obsessed. My third trimester prego self has been in love with Kindred Bravely. So if you want to grab some comfy maternity and nursing PJs and clothes of your own, use promo code HUSTLE20 to save 20% off your purchase at kindredbravely.com. Some exclusions apply. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am your host, Evie Rupp, although I'm now Evie McLeod. Anyways, today I am so stoked for this episode. I have a special guest with me, my husband, Landon. We are going to be having an honest and very fresh conversation on marriage and newlywed life. Now, if you're new here or you haven't seen or heard, we just got married at the end of August. And while Lindsay is out on maternity leave, snuggled up with her precious newborn, we thought it would be fun to bring Landon onto the show so we can have this conversation about this season that we are in. So I pulled you guys on what questions you had, and we are going to dive in and cover as many as we can today. We're going to talk about everything from what it's like to move in together to spending what we spent on our wedding to switching from not being able to have sex to having it, our opinion on communication and relationships, expectations for marriage, and so much more. This is a juicy episode, and I am so excited to dive in. So without further ado, let's get started with the newlywed tea. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, love. Are you ready? We're going to spill the spill the newlywed Let's do it. tea today. The fresh tea. It's, it's piping hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, honey, for anyone who maybe doesn't know you, mm-hmm. do you want to just give a super brief rundown? Like, who are you? All that. Yeah, absolutely. I guess for those of you that don't know me or know us, uh, Evie and I have been together for almost, I don't know, five years or so. Mm -hmm. And I got married, like she just said, in August. So it's been a month and a week, maybe six weeks total that Mm -hmm. we've been married so far. And it's been so sweet. But a little bit about me. um, I'm a photographer and videographer as well. And we also work part-time, serve at our church here locally and yeah, stay busy with a handful of other endeavors. But <laughs> man, there's there's a lot of things. But yeah, yeah, in the photo video world and full time husband. I love it. That's the best job you have, right? Mm, the best. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, uh, let's just dive on into the questions. So, first question, getting real. Katie asked, "What was it like moving in together?" You want to start this one, or what do you no? Think? You go for it. Uh, moving in together. I think for, for us, it was like a little bit of a process and it still is. I mean, it's been a month of us living together full time. So I think it's getting a lot more comfortable and natural, but 
like coming home from the honeymoon was definitely eye-opening in a lot of ways that I didn't personally expect. I think when you come to someone else's environment and, you know, when you're with them during the day, it's normal. But then when it's nighttime and you fall asleep and you wake up with them, it's just something you have to get used (laughs) to. Sharing a bed, like little things, you know, you don't think about like having a roommate again. But (laughs) it's been so sweet. I think it's just... uh, yeah, it's it's learning how to do life together, but it definitely was a little uncomfortable the first couple of days and even the first week of yeah. figuring out how to balance our schedules and yeah. our sleep schedules and just every every little thing that I didn't necessarily think about. And so yeah. it was yeah, it was a challenge for a little bit, but it's been so sweet. Yeah. I feel like it's to me I'm like it hasn't been hard, it's just been new. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, it's it's just like Lynn, you were just saying, I don't know, just the all of the little things that you don't think about, like the moments, you know, my my routines of certain things, like having a bath every night before bed usually, and you know, reading every night before bed, like some of that's changed a little bit. And some nights, you know, we just sit in bed and and talk about our days versus me like reading. So there's little adjustments and definitely moments. I think that I had one moment when we got back from the honeymoon where we had had like a hard conversation, just working through like some of the adjustments and stuff. And we got home and we pulled into the driveway and I just sat there and I was like, oh my gosh, he doesn't leave. He's not mm. going anywhere. <laughs> and it was like, it was good. It was just different. Like, you know, our norm for literally years now was just completely changed. So it, I definitely don't feel like I would say it's been hard. It's mm. just been new and you have to be intentional with it, I think, for uh, me. Yeah, I think for a lot of couples too, not all the time, but a lot of the time in that season, they're like moving in sometimes like to a new place together, yeah. you know, like a new house together or an apartment or a condo or sharing a, a room in a house with someone else. But it's like a new thing for the two of them. Mm-hmm. And for us, it was kind of merging our already just existing uh, worlds and where we lived. And so that was a little bit of a process. But yeah, yeah it's been sweet. It's been really fun. Yeah. All right. Next question. Abby asked, what is something you weren't expecting about marriage? Me. All right. I feel like I was, okay, a couple things. I wasn't expecting for it to feel so holy and so powerful. Like I knew, I feel like you talk about marriage a lot and like a lot of people talk it up and, you know, a lot of people are like, it's not like the fairy tales or anything like that. And while I would agree, it's not like the fairy tale. It's not that picture perfect. Nothing's ever wrong. No misunderstandings, no miscommunications. Like that's agreed. I would also say like, I feel like I've seen aspects of the father and his love for me and his, like the gospel in our marriage in ways that I never had in my life before. That's just like so powerful and so cool. And on the flip side, because of that, and because I've seen just so much of the Lord and just experienced him in new ways, I feel like a spotlight has been shined, shown, shined in, I don't know, has been aimed on (laughs) areas of my weakness and my sin and my flaws that I had never seen before. I feel like it's very stretching. Like I wasn't expecting this soon into marriage to feel both complete joy and also like, oh, shoot, I am a terrible human being and I need to 
like work on myself and just my own like selfishness, my own, um, you know, areas of weakness and all of that. I don't know. I feel like I wasn't expecting to experience so much of just like the Lord refining and pouring out like just power into the covenant. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You have thoughts? Yeah. No, I think it's just like stepping into marriage. Like you just said, there are so many incredible things about it. I think one of the things is though it's very exposing. Like yeah. it exposes a lot of who we are That's and true. especially like to one another, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little uncomfortable just getting used to certain things. It's so beautiful, but yeah, it's definitely a little uncomfortable, but I don't know if there's any like specific thing that I wasn't expecting yeah. to see, but, but yeah, it is exposing and there's definitely things in the beginning that, you know, we communicate through and have to work through and, uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Definitely exposing though, and and eye opening to like who we are as yeah. individuals. So, but it's man, it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Mystique asked if you had one word to describe the wedding, what would it be? Oh man. Well, I guess like going into the wedding, I don't know if y'all have heard this, but originally we wanted just to elope with like just family, mm-hmm. and just like immediate family only. Parents and siblings. Yeah, and just keep it really simple. And there was a few reasons, but we just wanted it to be special with our family. As soon as we got engaged and got in that season, I think we both felt, and I really felt like something was missing if it Mm -hmm. was just immediate family. So we decided to open it up to a little bit of a larger group, still pretty small, but open it up to some of just our closest friends that we really like are running in life with and doing life with. Like daily. Yeah, daily. And just like that are people that are really special to us and point us to Jesus. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And so our goal with the wedding, I think I can speak for both of us, was like definitely to be surrounded by the people that we love and have it focused on just the holiness and like, uh, beauty of Jesus, like in our relationship and in our yeah. lives through that. And so, I mean, hopefully what was reflected from it was just like a holy moment of mm-hmm. uh, the two of us just coming together and serving one another and like showing the world that we were going to pursue the Lord together as a as a married couple. But yeah, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I was going to say, if I had one word, I don't think I could narrow it down to one word. I feel like they're too holy and perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it wasn't this like big dream wedding. It was really mm-hmm. simple. Yeah. But I think it was just like we were pretty intentional with what was important to us and yeah. what wasn't. Yeah, I think it was everything we wanted and both of us were able to be, I think we both felt very present and very in the moment and very focusing on the Lord and on the covenant that we were stepping into and that's exactly what we wanted. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's perfect. It was really eye-opening too. I've talked to a ton of clients since the wedding and I feel like it's given me like, a, it's given me a just a different position to view their process through their engagement season. You know, just talking with clients, of course, like we've been in that industry and in that environment for years, but actually going through it ourselves, like going through the engagement season mm-hmm. and experiencing the details and 
you know, the things that can be really overwhelming and the things that can cost a lot of money, which yeah. we're going to dive into a little bit. But it's <laughs> like, there's just so many little things that, I don't know, maybe you don't see or experience as uh, a vendor or like a photographer, et cetera. Yeah. But yeah, being in that position definitely like opened my eyes. I think both of our eyes to see things as, uh, yeah, as the client or the bride and groom, which has been really awesome for me. Like when I'm mm-hmm. talking to people, I'm like, I get it in a way that I might not have before yeah. not to discredit me before, but it's just a different experience and like viewing it from a different point of view is yeah. really sweet for us. So I say all that to say we were pretty intentional with what we wanted and what was important for us. And I think we captured that pretty well. Yeah. I think it was perfect. Everything we needed. All right. Melody said, is communication the number one thing that ruins relationships? Thoughts? (laughs) I mean, communication is huge. If you you don't have communication, I don't know how... A relationship can exist. Yeah. Or sustain. How you can get through too much without communication. You know, you hear that a lot, like communication is key. Yeah. All the time, but. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think it is because when you think about it, communication and and like communicating with someone else allows you to get on the same page, to understand the other person, to know the other person, to partner with the other person to have them know you, to have them support and partner with you, to have them, you know, walk through life with you. Um, yeah, I mean, we are not marriage experts <laughs> by any means, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think communication is one of the number one, like if, you, if your communication is broken down or you don't value it or prioritize it, I think it can easily be the the downfall of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And her question is, is communication the number one thing that ruins relationships? I assume she's saying the lack of communication, yeah. right? Yeah. But obviously communicating, communication itself is a great, like that's the foundation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if, if there is no communication, that would definitely ruin it or unhealthy communication. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think it's constant. I mean, as far <laughs> as what we've experienced so far, and it doesn't have to just be in a marriage. I mean, communication, period. Yeah. Communication we, between uh, everyone. Yeah. Just people friends, in your life, relationships, parents, siblings, friends. Even and, in the workplace, I mean, communication yeah, is, is really key. And um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely yeah. communication. We and, have, we've prioritized, we're not, not perfect in any way, but I would say like we have prioritized communication from day one in our relationship, which I think is given us such a a good foundation to start our marriage on because we've been working on it for so many years, even though there's definitely still work to be done. It's, it's made a lot of this transition and a lot of the, you know, exposing and fears and, you know, new transitions, new things, all of it a lot easier because we've worked on it for years. Yeah. If there wasn't a foundation of any learning how to like talk, period through mm-hmm. stuff it would be pretty difficult yeah at this point it still is like there's still moments that are very difficult but mm-hmm. even without that foundation that would be you know mm-hmm. pretty hard so yeah we're big fans of communication in case you can't tell all right next question is from madison she said how much money did you guys end up spending out the door on the wedding i don't know the exact number i think we have like a ballpark yeah we didn't once we 
like the final bills going out or whatever, we didn't continue to track every yeah. final penny, but we kept pretty close track up until the very end. I think the ballpark was like like everything. Like, like wedding. Honey, honeymoon too or no? No, I think just wedding was like twelve thousand. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there. I would say it was probably more, but who you knows? You think? Yeah, it was probably like anywhere between 12 to 15, probably not 15, but I would say it was like 12 to 14 at least. I don't know. There's well, just, I'm staring I'm staring at Lana like, what? There's a lot of money that's moving around for different things and tips and paying people and second payments and just like, I don't know, I feel like it's easy to kind of lose count after a little bit. But that huh. was like, our goal was 10,000, I believe, and it was somewhere in that area. Yeah. From... Well, I kept pretty, I had a a spreadsheet of everything up until literally tips and final like travel fees and stuff like that. And it was at like 11.5. But no, no, no. (laughs) But final fees, I'm thinking like 12, maybe like 12.5. The 15 kind of just threw me there. Nice. (laughs) Somewhere around there. That's your answer. It's about about 12,000 roughly, maybe a little bit more. So yeah, Lauren asked, oh, oh, the tea, we're getting to it. Uh, was it difficult switching between not being able to have sex to having it be okay? Yeah, it's a loaded <laughs> question. I think for anyone, like when you're, it's kind of interesting sometimes how like, how our brains work when we're not allowed to do something or we know that something is not permitted for a long time mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it is. Mm-hmm. Even if it's okay, it just takes time to like, I don't know. So, some people, it's right away. Some people are like, boom, ready, went through marriage. God's blessed it. Grace, yeah. it's been like, lift. I don't know. They just are stepping into it. But sometimes for some people, it's like a little bit of a process. And I don't know that there's shame in that. I think that's like maybe just being a human if like sometimes processing through like, okay, this is normal. This is healthy and mm-hmm. getting through that. But um, for... Us personally, I mean, I can't really talk f- for you, but yeah, just talk about you. Yeah, I think, it, I, like, I, I guess that's relevant for me. Like, it's a little bit of a process to get accustomed to something and like work that out. I mean, asking us a month into marriage, it can't give you a really great answer. <laughs> yes, we've now figured everything out. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, was it difficult to switch to being able to have that freedom? Maybe slightly. I wouldn't say for me it was a big thing where it's like, oh my gosh, like this weight is lifted and and now I have to like struggle to be okay with it. But it also wasn't like, oh, you know. All in. Yeah. So a little bit Easy. of a, getting accustomed to it and just, yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like for me, it's, I feel like we're still somewhat in the process of like, I think it might take a little while to like be in the place where it is fully like normal and comfortable and no, no flashbacks of like, shoot, no, we shouldn't too far. Like that type of stuff from like the dating relationship. But I think what I will say is there have been a couple of things that I think Lynn and I did really well or that I've tried to be intentional with in, in this process um, was preparing like ourselves and our hearts and our mindset leading up into that transition and like praying into it, seeking counsel, um, reading, you know, like a, a book on like sex within marriage and God's design for it and like preparing our hearts for like, what is this? This isn't like 
this isn't just like a physical thing. This is a spiritual thing. This is a holy thing, which is why God says and asks for it and and tells us to keep it holy within marriage. And that's why I think a part of why I felt good heading into like the honeymoon and marriage and stuff was because I feel like we put in like a few months of preparation leading up to it. Like the minute we got engaged, I think I was very intentional with my mindset around it and like preparing my heart and spending time with the Lord talking about it. And then the other thing, which I don't even know if I've ever actually told you this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's coming out on the podcast and you're finding out. Um, I spent a lot of time praying and talking to the Lord like before and during and after we're intimate together in, in preparing like my heart, like when, you know, things are getting heated up and frisky and like whatever, I'm usually spending time with the Lord of like, God, prepare my heart to like be close and experience intimacy with my husband, like come be with us in this. And I know that sounds like so weird to be like, Jesus, come be with us while we're having sex. But it's, that's how it was designed is like, it is God given and God designed and created. And I think that has created a lot of, of freedom and depth of meaning for me in inviting like the creator of it into those moments with us and like asking him to be a part of it and to be a part of my heart and, you know, all of it. So I don't know if that (laughs) needed to be shared, but I feel like for me, that was a huge part of helping the transition in those moments is that I don't feel like I'm hiding anything. Like I'm refusing, I guess the bottom line is I'm trying to refuse and, and not allow shame to enter something that is now holy. And so by inviting the Lord into it and by keeping my attention on the creator of it versus like feeling like I'm hiding it from him or like, you know, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's good too. I I forgot that we, I mean, I just didn't really think about that, but we read a lot of books, you Mm -hmm. know, or like not a lot of books, but we were like, we were talking, there was a conversation about what it is to be healthy in our relationship intimately. And I think expectations. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't this like taboo conversation. It's never been a taboo conversation that we don't talk about. It's just like a healthy conversation, especially Mm -hmm. in an engagement season. So I think there might be a slight bit of like working through that transition, but I kind of to contradict myself, like I do remember specifically as soon as we got married, it was like, let's go. Yeah. You know, like it, it definitely did change. It doesn't mean there wasn't a little bit of like a process and yeah, there are the still moments where we're that, like, ah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. We'll tell you in five more years and then 10 years later and 20 <laughs> years where we're at. So. We're still pretty fresh to all this. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Katie asked, how do you actually pronounce your new last name? McLeod or McLeod? Yeah, so it's McLeod. So it's Scottish. Um, McLeod. So it's actually spelled, if you go back in our family history, I don't know when or why it changed, but it was spelled M-A-C-L-E-O-D. So there was just an A added, MacLeod. Um, but yeah, it's Scottish. So it's a very difficult last name. To be honest, I changed my the spelling of my name when I was in middle school. So I, for those of you that don't know, was homeschooled for fifth and sixth grade. I was pulled out of elementary school, was homeschooled for those two years. When I went back into middle school, I decided to spell my last name M-C-C-L-O-E-D. So Mick 
and then cloud, cloud. like a cloud in the sky because I was so annoyed of so many people not being able to pronounce McLeod. my name. McLeod. McLeod. Yeah, all sorts of McLeod. things. So we changed it, or I changed it on every document that wasn't legal, but every piece of paper in going into uh, middle school. And everyone knew how to pronounce my last name. <laughs> We've uh, actually... We've talked about doing it now. Yeah, up through high school, pretty much. Everyone knew how. Because I, I ended up going back and spelling it the proper way, I think, around like freshman year, sophomore year. But everyone had known, mm-hmm. yeah, that's Landon McLeod. That's how you say the name. Yeah. So now, yes, it is definitely a struggle. Yeah. And uh, it's pronounced McLeod. So. Yep. Yeah. All right. Now we have two related questions. One is from Maya. Uh, why did you date for so long and then have such a short engagement? And then from Tess... Why did you wait so long to get married? I'm feeling pressure that waiting isn't biblical. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a long and a short answer. I don't know <laughs> how much we want to say like publicly about why we dated so long, but I think it's just different for every you know couple. Like you have yeah. to know where you guys are at and what you need. And for us, we needed more time to work through personal stuff and just like date and be friends and uh, work on our foundation. Yeah, yeah. It's like nothing bad. It's just good stuff. And and I think we just needed that time to work through a lot and build our relationship and like build our friendship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've known each other for five years. We really weren't dating, in my opinion, that long. You know, it was a couple of years. Um, you know, we yeah. were friends for a bit of it. We, I think most people might know this, but we dated for like six months the first time, maybe eight months and broke up for a year, came back together, were friends for like a year and then dated for, what was it, like two and a half years, mm-hmm. pretty like seriously before we got engaged. So it wasn't like by any means a long season of us dating, but we also had a story and yeah. we had our own journey. Mm-hmm. So that's why like I just personally wanted to take as much time as I needed. And I just needed to know 100% like God was telling me when the time was right, like step in when the time's right. Like that's a huge decision. You don't want to just be like, I mean, if you know, and God's on it and he's like, go for it. Great. But if you're like still working through things and just trying to build that foundation, Mm -hmm. I don't personally believe there is a need to rush that or feel manipulated or pressured by people to just yeah. do it because of social influence. That doesn't seem, that sounds icky to me. Like that yeah. doesn't sound good at all. So I think the b- bottom line of everything you just said was we were waiting for God and mm. waiting on God's timing. And I think that's biblical. Yeah. <laughs> like I think, you know, a lot of Christians have shorter engagements because you are, you know, trying to wait for sex and marriage. And so for a lot of Christians, it's like, okay, we're, you know, we're waiting for that and it's getting really hard and we like each other. So let's get engaged and let's get married. Not saying there's anything inherently wrong with that, but there, I'm also saying there's not anything inherently wrong with waiting on the Lord for his timing when he says go. And Landon and I had conversations about that. And Landon was like, I just want to know that God is saying now, yes, go. Um, and I think for, you know, me too, that was both waiting on God's yes, but also then there was a season, I think I got my yes before you did. And it was a season of me just waiting for God to give it to Landon so that we could be on the same page and we could go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. If you are loving what you're hearing on today's episode, then we wanted to share something else you might love, The Heart Shop. It's our digital resource online shop for creative entrepreneurs. 
The Heart Shop is your one-stop shop for all of our online courses, luxury website templates, PDF guides, social media graphic templates, and illustrations. If you've been at your wits end with your website design and you don't know where the heck to create a high quality pricing or welcome guide to give your clients an incredible branded first impression, ooh, we got you. (laughs) We created The Heart Shop to serve you with the best tools and resources you need to successfully run your business. Just head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and start browsing the goods. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and we'll see you there. Want to know what both Evie and I use for our skincare? Our absolute favorite non-toxic skincare products are without a doubt Primally Pure. Yes, if you've been searching for a natural non-toxic skincare company, you can actually feel solid about using, knowing that the ingredients won't harm you and are derived from nature, then I'm not joking when I say that you need to try Primally Pure. Evie and I have been using Primally Pure for our skincare for a couple of years now, and we are legit in love. Like, we love that every product has minimal, safe, all-natural ingredients that... I'm not joking, smell divine and make our skin look and feel healthy and beautiful. Yes, some of our favorite products that we've used from Primarily Pure are their charcoal deodorant, the cleansing oil, their lavender complexion mist, and their clarity serum. Like every freaking product of theirs, we're not kidding, knocks it out of the park as far as quality and making our skin feel incredible. For 10% off your order, you can use code HEARTANDHUSTLE, that's all caps, no spaces, at checkout using the link in our show notes. We know that you're going to love Primarily Pure as much as we do. Again, that's code HEARTANDHUSTLE for 10% off your order today. I don't know. And then as far as the short engagement, we always talked about wanting a three-month engagement. We, like, that was always the plan, so. Well, I think at that point, it's like if God was on it and we we knew that we wanted to step into that. And we also weren't ever planning to do this big wedding. Mm-hmm. So we were like, why would we wait another six months? You know, why not or just Or another do it? year. Yeah. yeah. I think we would have done even a quicker engagement. If, if we could have. Yeah, we were thinking like two months. But also, as soon as we started planning for a bigger wedding, yeah. you know, medium size, it did become even, you know, pretty stressful. Yeah. In that short amount of time, three months of planning that was a little difficult towards the end. Yeah. But... I don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely think like, oh man, I just, I get it. If you're in love with this person, I don't think you should stay in that limbo place forever. Obviously, like there's a point where you have to know, like, is God in this? And is he calling us to move forward? Is this my spouse? Like, is this the person that I see myself marrying? And I said that to Evie. We talked about that from like the moment we met, I believe it's like, I don't just want to date. date people yeah to date them. Like I'm dating you. And my brother-in-law always said this when I was younger, he told me like, I'm dating your sister. Ultimately I'm dating her because I can see myself marrying her because I see her as my future wife. Mm -hmm. Not that she has to be that person, but I can see her um, being that person like God has called me to marry. And so if I can't see that person as that you know, spouse for me, you know, fill in the blank for yourself, then I'm not going to continue to date that person. Yeah. And so like, yes, go through that process, date the person. But I mean, I don't think you should stay in that for like ever. I mean, I can't even say an amount of years because it's not for me to decide for you like what the process is. But if you're going on for years and years and years and you just are in that limbo gray area and you're choosing not to move forward and step into the next thing, there might be a point where you have to like evaluate everything and and say like, okay, maybe we should make a decision and actually move forward. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's as simple as people saying 
well, if you know, you know, do it. And I'm like, no, I don't agree with that. So I think it's just, it's literally waiting in God's timing. But there's also the conversation of kind of what you're saying of like, it's if there's a commitment, like a fear of commitment or like somebody's not willing to commit to you. Like I knew throughout our entire relationship, you were very committed to me and you were committed to our future. It wasn't a question of that. And I think that's where it can get unhealthy is somebody being like, well, do I want this person? Do I think, do I see them? Are, you know, could we get married? Like mm-hmm. that could be unhealthy. I think it's more of like, truly just waiting on God's timing, God's season for it. Like he will tell you when. And for some couples, that's like a month, five months, six months into dating. For others, that's a year, three months, five months, you know, five years into dating. Like it, it, I don't think there is a cookie cutter. All Christians should date for this amount of time before they get married Mm -hmm. because this is holy. Like I do not agree with that. And I think it's just waiting on God's timing and, and listening to His voice and seeking His will and everything that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the question, it just says, I'm feeling pressured that yeah. waiting isn't biblical. And it's just, I, I mean, don't agree. I don't agree with that yeah, at all. I, I, I think waiting on God is biblical. <laughs> yeah. So, and I definitely don't think I might offend people maybe, but I mean, I don't think you should get married if you just want to have sex. If you're just a Christian and you're like, we just want to have sex and we can't stop ourselves from stepping into that, so let's just get married. I'm not sure that that is the right answer. Yeah, because, oh, oh, we're like, getting into something. We don't need to go through all that, but I'm just saying, like, well, if you're just trying to have sex with your spouse and you're a Christian and you're trying not to have sex, and so therefore you're going to choose to marry that person based off of your desire sexually. Because that comes from lust. I mean, you might want to reevaluate that relationship. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know that that's the Landon right just got spicy. <laughs> well, I think that's, you know, you're following your your flesh and you're following the the desire like lust versus rooting yourself in God and his will, in his timing and in love. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't love a person and lust after them. Yeah. I don't know how I feel. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying like there's no judgment or hate towards people or yeah. like, you know, I'm just saying like if that is your main reason for choosing to get married, like I understand the temptation and the desire to be intimate or the yeah. struggle with not being intimate before you're married if that's your decision yeah. and that's your belief. But I can't say that that is a great foundation to build your marriage on because that will fade away. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, I don't know. That's, That's a lot good. of information there, and we could go on that for a long time, but let's move on. All right. You want to ask the next one? Yeah, Brooklyn said, uh, the most important thing to remember when transitioning to marriage. So what's the most important thing to remember when you're transitioning? Um, I feel like there's a few things, but one, I feel like for me, like this is God's, representation of his relationship with us and the church and with his gospel message in like our marriage. Like I think for me, remembering how holy this is and how much God wants to be a part of it, I think is huge. And then the other thing is something that our uh, premarital counselor told us that I think has been really cool is he's like, don't take anything in the first year of marriage too seriously. Like, just enjoy the process, enjoy learning together, enjoy growing. Like this isn't, you know, if you get married and suddenly realize like, oh, we are struggling to communicate in this area or I had an expectation here and he's not meeting it or, you know, whatever. Like do not 
sit and be like, well, our marriage is doomed now. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Take it, take everything lightly and just have fun. I think that was really good advice that we got. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think that's good practical stuff. And then just like with your own uh, personalities and, and coming into like a relationship, I think it's just good to remember to be gracious towards one another and patient. Mm-hmm. Like transitioning into a marriage is a big change for, you know, the two individuals. So just yeah, just being patient and understanding one another and like taking the time to work through things. But yeah, not taking the first year of everything just too seriously is a good good piece of advice that we received. And mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just have fun. I mean, it can be uh, it can be a lot of things to like just go through. That season can include a lot of mm-hmm. new things. So just learning to like have fun and remembering to prioritize that is definitely good yeah so, I like it yeah. all right Paige asked do you feel like your wedding was everything you wanted being it was quickly planned what do you think I think heck yeah mm-hmm. yeah I don't know that I would go back and change like anything no I wouldn't have either I might change like the straps on my dress were a little bit loose because the seamstress didn't do her <laughs> job so I might change that but like this literally <laughs> that's funny no I think everything was great. Yeah. If, if anything, it would be maybe give ourselves like, for me personally, I don't think Evie feels this way, but I would have, I would not have minded like another couple weeks because I was so overwhelmed the week or two before the wedding with how much had to get done or maybe not even like a couple more weeks, but maybe because it was so quick, we didn't like, I mean, we started planning, but maybe started a little sooner with certain details that ended up going into like the night before. Yeah. Like our like playlist on Spotify was like the night before our wedding. We were still building it. Yeah. So little things like that, maybe just like either started a little bit sooner or had just a little bit more time for what we were doing. But yeah. it was great. Yeah. yeah. I felt like super relaxed and calm the week or two before, but it was definitely everything we wanted to yeah. answer the question. Yeah. But maybe planned a little bit differently with timing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cece asked, Do y'all believe in the honeymoon phase? I mean, there's a phase in your life where you go on a honeymoon. (laughs) That's great. So, yeah, I do. So, Uh, yes, I do. (laughs) I think. Yes, tell us what you think, Mr. McLeod. I I know that Evie and I both agree on a certain, like, standpoints of this. I don't think you have to lose your passion and your love and delight. your yeah delight and intensity for one another. I don't think that it is only there for the quote honeymoon phase and then gone. I don't agree with the people that say, "Oh, just wait a couple of years because that is pre- that is preparing for disaster and it's yeah. almost like speaking out that that's going to happen. So I don't believe that you have to start your wedding at this high mountaintop experience and then it goes downhill from there. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say besides <laughs> that. No, but I, I think it's, it's like a choice to um, pursue one another. So yeah, so the honeymoon phase, like I personally, I don't like it when people think that it's come, it's there for a little bit and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. I will say, I do think that there are, seasons and times in our life where maybe the butterflies and the emotional high of 
being infatuated with each other can, not that it has to, but it can slowly, like it can be a little bit less intense at certain seasons and Mm -hmm. certain like times in your relationship. Um, Specifically, we were talking like, so in in one of the books we're reading, it's talking about like what love is. It's actually the love languages book. And it talks about what love is in like how you continue to love one another, even after um, you, you know, have gone through difficult things or you don't feel that same, um, like just simply maybe even like just those butterflies in your stomach. And so teaching you like what it means to actually love them and choose them. And uh, I think like when we know what it means to love one another, we can intentionally like pursue that and uh, be yeah, intentional with building that and going after that daily and keeping that, you know, love ultimately. But yeah. I don't know that it's like, I don't know that I like to say you know, the honeymoon phase as if it's going to fade away. I know I'm kind of contradicting myself because I am saying when the butterflies go away. But well, but they don't have to, I think is what you're saying. It's yeah, like they don't In certain have. seasons, they ebb and flow. But I think a lot of the time it's like, you hear the honeymoon phase is everything's perfect and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then the opposite of the honeymoon phase is like, you're, you know, a lot of the time it's like, Oh, just wait until you get into real life where everything gets hard. And it's like, you're frustrated and angry and you don't get along the same way. And like Mm -hmm. your intimacy is intimacy. Isn't the same. Like, yeah, those seasons will come, I'm sure. And there's moments to work through things, but I, don't ever want to use that as like an out, like, oh yeah, this was the honeymoon phase. And then, you know, now we're not there. So therefore, you know, I don't know. Well, I think what is so good about what you're saying is you're a lot of people who believe in the honeymoon phase or anticipate or talk about, you know, like, oh, just wait, or like, oh, you're so cute. You're still in love, you know, just wait or whatever. You're treating love and your relationship and marriage as if, it's happening to you versus like you are in control and in charge of how you approach your relationship. And I think that's the difference between like a powerless mentality and a powerful mentality is Mm -hmm. recognizing, you know, like uh, I'm choosing, you know, it's like the verbiage of, you know, falling in love with somebody. You can just as easily, falling in love is, you know, what's happening to you. Like it usually stems from obsession or, or lust or, you know, infatuation, I guess is the better word there. Not as negative. Infatuation is where you quote unquote fall in love with somebody, but choosing to stay in love or choosing to, you know, pursue deeper love with that person takes effort. And that's not hard. It's not like a bad thing. It's the same thing as like, you know, choosing to work out or choosing to, you know, walk to the store or whatever. Like it it takes physical, whatever effort, but the reward is so worth it. And I think that's the thing with marriage and kind of what you're saying, babe, of like, you know, can the butterflies ebb and flow? Like, do we think that? Yeah, sure. Like, of course, there are going to be seasons where you get distracted. You forget to prioritize your relationship. You, you know, you've had an, a new baby and things have been really hard and you're trying to figure out how to juggle this new thing and your your guys' relationship may step to the wayside. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that that's supposed to be or that's good or that's healthy or that's the end of the honeymoon phase. I think that's just seasons of life. And I think it personally in God's design, we are powerful people who choose to pursue each other in love Mm -hmm. and we can 
stay in that place of delight in each other and falling more in love with each other. I guess I'm using the wrong verbiage. Stepping more in love with each other, each other pursuing more love with each other throughout the years. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think to answer the like questions, you see, it's like, do we believe in the honeymoon phase? I do think that is a real thing that a lot of people experience because it's that infatuation phase wearing off. And the infatuation phase, you know, triggers that initial attraction to the other person, that initial initial interest, but that's not going to maintain you. Whereas choosing to love the other person and, and pursue like that depth and, and work on that relationship and put that effort in, I think that quote unquote honeymoon phase can last forever. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I don't that's know. That's good. I think like, it's a choice. Ultimately, you have to mm-hmm. choose that person daily. And yeah, it's definitely a choice. I think that's a good answer. Yeah. But I got a DM from uh, a girl, Barbara, on um, my Instagram when I posted the poll for the marriage. And she said something and said, I just want to say that I was so touched by something you said during a podcast with Lindsay Landon and Andrew. You took exception that the joy and beauty and giddiness and sweetness of new love can't be sustained over the life of a marriage. You championed that it can. That message is so true and so inspiring. The lie from the world is to give it a year or two and it's all downhill. Yes, it takes intentional daily nurturing through the rough and tumble but that surely comes. But with Christ in the center and a couple's surrender to Him, beautiful seasons are ahead in a relationship. I know this because it's been 48 years with my high school sweetheart and we still choose each other with a big dose of starry-eyed crush for each other too. Keep believing and please keep encouraging young people in the truth of Christ. That's cool. I just thought that was really cool and I wanted to share that. Like 48 years in... And she's saying, like, we basically, basically, she said, we still have butterflies, which mm-hmm. I love. So that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Love that. All right. Um, Catherine asked, how do you resolve conflict? Back to the communication. <laughs> <laughs> communication is number one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talking through it, I think having the discussions. And then we also have times where we will reach out to other people and ask for counsel and mm-hmm. um, coaching through things. Input. So, mentors. Yeah. I think something with that question is there's, we've learned a lot and grown a lot and practiced a lot of communication and conflict resolution and all of it. And we are not perfect. Um, We're enjoying learning more in marriage too. Um, But I think it's, it's coming at those conversations with humility and a desire to learn from the other person and love the other person better versus I want to win this argument. I must be right. Um, it's it's a different mindset of like, okay, you're frustrated. Was there something that I said? How can I learn? Like, what can I do better? How can I learn from you? You know, oh, here's an expectation that I had that I didn't realize that I had. And, you know, I'm frustrated right now because I didn't understand that I was expecting this from you. So I just want to communicate that. Like, I think it comes from a perspective of like, you, oh, I forget. Somebody said recently, and this was so good. Your spouse isn't the problem. You and your spouse are unified and a team working on the problem. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not me against Landon when I'm frustrated or hurt or whatever. And it's not landing against me, vice versa. It's the two of us together against this uh, miscommunication, misunderstanding, against any, you know, devices or tools of the enemy trying to come between us and our marriage and our relationship. And I think that perspective is huge when you're addressing conflict is like, we're in this together and 
I want to be better. I want to learn better. I want to grow better. I want to communicate better, all of it, so that we can be better in the end, not so that I can win this argument or, you know, I can be the top dog or whatever. I think it's just that perspective shift will create a lot of fruit out of the conflicts and the resolutions instead of winning the argument, but losing the marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's sweet that we get to, you know, share a little bit of our story and that people are asking and Mm -hmm. we get to talk. I mean, of course, I hope everyone knows, of course, we're not experts. We don't have the degree. Oh, I have a PhD. I'm just kidding. Marriage counseling. (laughs) Yeah. And we're, we're not to discredit our, our experiences and our opinions, but this is just part of our journey and like part of our story. And so Hopefully it's encouraging and, and somewhat inspiring to the people that are that are listening. And maybe everything we say, you know, it's like doesn't have to be taken as, you know, true for everyone. But this is where we're at and this is our journey and our story. And it's really special to be able to share it with people and even mm-hmm. people that are willing and, you know, interested in listening. So yeah. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, that's a wrap of the questions. We appreciate each and every one of you tuning in and listening. If this was fun having Landon on the the podcast and you want to hear more from him or from him and I, um, any other topic ideas you have for us, feel free to screenshot this, um, share it to your stories, share what you learned, what you thought, make sure to tag us, um, DM me, Landon, if you have thoughts or any ways that this impacted you. And then most importantly, go to the Heart and Hustle Facebook group if you have suggestions for future topics you want to you want to vote that you loved Landon on here and you want to hear more from him anything like that the link for all of our socials all of the Facebook group everything will be in the show notes and in the meantime I hope you have the best rest of your day of your week and I am cheering you on and we will see you in the next episode see you guys